0: hey there people you are listening to the drunken pen writing podcast today's episode is all about the writing process and why it's important to have your own personal writing space we also go over different authors methods of writing and their writing processes and we finish with one hunter s thompson's daily routine which you do not want to miss enjoy Today's topic is writing processes. All right, so, butt sex, yeah. I don't know why I keep, I just keep thinking about butt sex. It's a real problem.
1: Yeah, no, it's not.
0: Uh, I help, like, help customers or something at work, but like, hey, how you doing, you butt sex. <laughs> what? what can I get for you, butt sex? Just a little bit. A little just a little bit, yeah. Uh. <clears throat> Hola, senor Spencer. Hola. Would you like to discuss your writing process?
1: I mean, yeah, I can dive into that here. Um, what well,
0: better way to get into it than dive, dive right in.
1: in? Dive right on in.
0: That's just like <sighs> our drinking problems. <laughs> yeah. Would you like some whiskey? Yeah, yeah a little oh, bit. Man. Four bottles later, you're dead in the ditch somewhere.
1: It's all right, though. Fun times. Yeah. Well, my writing process is I really don't have much of a writing process at this moment.
0: That's a good start.
1: Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. At this point in time, I'm more just trying to get whatever writing I can get done either on my days off or before or after I'm at work. Or on the rare occasions, I might be able to get a couple paragraphs done while I'm at work. That's very rare nowadays
0: yeah the timing issue i used to write a lot on my lunch at work and anymore i don't have the time
1: yeah but this is something that i know that i need to work on more and really nail down a good process for me because i think that would really help not only my output but just uh, my process as a you know as a writer to get more more work in and hopefully improve the the uh, quality of it quicker.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. The more you write, and the more consistent you are, the better you'll get, and the faster you'll get better. My my process, I was real. I was pretty much the same way for a while. And I wrote about this recently. I used to just like if I woke up early in the morning, I would try to get some writing done, or a lot of times after work, or like you said, even on lunch. My problem was it was. Not just whenever I could, but whenever I was in the mood. Yeah. And when you write, whenever you're in the mood...
1: It's so much better.
0: Well, yeah, but then you have you, you kind of enforce that habit of only being able to write when you're in the mood. Nah. So if you're not in the mood, you're not going to write, and then you'll put it off. So say you sit down you're going to write, but you're not in the mood. Fuck it. I'll just do it later or some yeah. other time when I'm feeling it. But then when you keep doing that... It'll start adding up, and then eventually you're not writing anything. No. Like, what I did have done recently, I've started... I, I kind of set a schedule for myself. Usually, I'll get home from work around 4 o'clock, and like, I'll relax for a little bit, eat, and just... Usually, around 5-ish, what I'll do, if I don't have anything going on, I'll take about 10 to 20 minutes and just start thinking of ideas. Like, just let my mind go free, just flow freely, and just think of different ideas and story concepts and things like that. That way, I feel... Like my brain just switches to more of a creative flow, like a creative state rather than that analytical thinking about what I did in the morning or what I have to do.
1: It's not as forced that way.
0: Yeah, like one of the main problems a lot of writers have, when you actually stop and think about, okay, I have to write this, it immediately feels like work. Yeah. Whenever you think, oh, man, I got to knock out a chapter tonight, you shouldn't think like that. It should be like, I want to knock out a chapter tonight. I want to knock out more than a chapter. So with my writing process, like I said, I'll I let the creativity start flowing a little bit, and then I'll sit down and oftentimes I'll do like a little writing warm up. Maybe just create like a random topic in my head, or like how we did the episode on writing prompts. I'll just find a stupid prompt and just write a quick couple paragraphs about it, just to get my brain kind of into the writing mode. You know, switch from uh, just where you're just throwing out any ideas in your head to actually focusing them on whatever story you're creating. And then once I get into that position, I'll sit down and I'll just really start writing like whatever story I'm working on or whatever piece. And when I do that, I find I get in the zone a lot quicker. Because it used to be that whenever I'd write, say, for on lunch or something for 20 minutes or whenever I was in the mood, it was really hit or miss. Yeah. I would sit down, I might get a good 10 minutes in, and then I'm, I lose focus.
1: And then I bet doing, like, that like that screwing around stuff where you just come up with random things helps whenever, like, instead of having to do, uh you know, writing part of a story or whatever, it'd be, you have to do the, like, an article instead that you might not be feeling as much, but you got to do that little bit of creative warm-up, so you're like, oh, at least I got to do that a little bit, now I can do this article. Yeah, it
0: puts you in the right state of mind. Usually when I write an article anymore like yesterday when I wrote an article I wasn't really in the mood for writing like an article I wanted to work on the story I was I actually used the article as the warm up okay. so when I sat down like I already had the creative ideas flowing and then that started kind of flowing into the article so instead of just the more of a you know a how to and then you just kind of go into like an informational article it was a little more literary there was you know, a little a couple more metaphors and things I normally wouldn't put in that kind of article and then that like, transferred right into my actual story that I was going to work on after that. And then it almost feels kind of like a reward because you're like, okay, I got the more boring part out of the way and now I get no. to do what I, I get, get to have my treat. cake now. Yeah,
1: you get to have the treat.
0: Yeah, I ate the, the spinach and now the, I get to have the... The Scooby snack. Yeah, the Scooby snacks and the, the Cavassier. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm always interested in the different habits of writers. Because I noticed one thing a lot of writers have in common is a good writing space. Yes. And like the article I wrote recently, a a good writing space is like the perfect foundation for building your writing routine. So you get your writing space somewhere where you're comfortable, it's quiet, or I mean you could be a coffee shop writer, just wherever works best for you. Wherever you get that optimal uh, performance in your writing, if you routinely go there every time you write you'll get in that mood faster it yeah. sets that zone quicker
1: Yeah cuz some people like it to be like dead quiet some people like mm-hmm. have background noise going on it's just the each his own
0: But whatever your writing space if you can make that a habit of just always going into that space or somewhere similar you get into that writing zone quicker and then once you do, do that that's your foundation then that's the start of your process So, say for me, 5 o'clock, okay, I'm going to start writing. My writing space is in my room at my writing desk. So, I'll go in there, I shut the door, and I start writing. And, like, the hardest part of writing is always starting. Even if you're already working on something, just getting the words out. So, usually you have a couple paragraphs even of just bullshit that comes out. But once you get started, especially when you're in that space, it comes out faster and it just flows freer. And then you can build upon that and create a routine. And when you create the routine it's even easier so every day you don't think about it anymore it's like brushing your teeth in the morning so you just sit down and you just start writing and you're already in the zone almost immediately
1: and what they i i always forget what it what they say but it's like if you do something for like i think it's like if you do it for like 10,000 hours or something, or something crazy well i think that's for like the the master me, i'm just talking about for it to like i think it's like if you do do something for like 2 months in a row it starts to become a habit yeah that's why something if, something in that ballpark. That's why
0: so many people fall into bad habits of watching TV all night or something because that's an easy one. And if you do it day in day out all of a sudden it you're...
1: just becomes that that automatic thing that you do.
0: But um when I was looking into when I started writing that article about writing spaces, I started looking into the different like the different um processes of different writers. So, like a Neil Gaiman for example, he had built his own writing gazebo in his Are backyard. You, oh yeah? And uh, what he would do is he would go in there and he would just shut himself in and write and write and write. For him, he was a little bit different because he would get sick of the gazebo and then he would go write somewhere else. And he would ignore it for years even. Then he would come back to it. That that shows me that not everybody has to have a specific spot that that's the only place they can write. Because you don't want to do that either. Because say, what if you're on the road for business or something and you're in a hotel? You can't write in hotels because it's not your writing space?
1: Yeah. You don't want it to be a crutch at the same time. Yeah.
0: It's more about building, uh, like I said, the state of mind rather than the actual space. For me, uh, you know, writing at a desk in a quiet room—that could be anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be my room. That's just where I'm most comfortable. Like, what about you? Where are you most comfortable?
1: Uh, right now, I'm either doing, like, I have like a small table in in my bedroom, and I either do do some writing there, or I have like um, I'm in my living room there's a the the kitchen table not the kitchen table like that the living room table it's one of those weird like lifty up tables mm-hmm. so like i'll i'll do some stuff in there and like i won't turn the tv off but like i'll mute the sound and so there's just kind of stuff on tv and then try to do you know work on stuff there those are the two main places that i that i'm getting m- the majority of my work done
0: so you're pretty much more comfortable there's like say when you're at work or something you're trying to write in a break yeah. room or somewhere busy you probably don't do as well you can't yeah. focus as much like i know i've tried writing in like cafes and coffee shops and it just doesn't <laughs> work for me
1: the, the stuff at work is more i very rarely work on story stuff at work if anything it's an article or a review because a lot of times I have notes written down for both those things. So you can knock big, out the main points. Yeah, so like, I look, oh, I like this about the story, so I can go on my phone and maybe do that, that paragraph of, of, of the review talking about like the story or the art. Or, or even um, if at that point I don't have the notes, I try to do the notes yeah come up with the so then when i get home i already have the notes made and then i can just jump into it after i get settled in after work
0: another thing i always find interesting is the amount of writers who can listen to music and write or prefer to listen to music to write which usually is the coffee shop writer they you know they have the headphones on they can listen to music and i can't do that at all if I listen to it, like even instrumentals, I could do that for like articles or something, yeah. but when it comes to actual storytelling, I it just it throws off my whole vibe and I feel like it kind of seeps into whatever themes I'm trying to set. Say I'm listening to listening to like like some kind of like a heavy metal theme or something, but I'm trying to write a romance, yeah. like like a more romantic scene, it's not going to work. It it throws me off. So I just prefer silence.
1: Yeah, I don't uh I can have there to be like a little bit of sound. Because, like, I, just, I think with, like, my ADHD, like, I think if there's not any... Like, if it's completely quiet, it's easier for me to lose focus on the writing. Like, if there's... Start that, thinking so, about random yeah, things. Like, and if the, it's that sound, I can ignore the sound and focus on, uh, like, focus on the laptop.
0: See, that's an interesting point. I never thought about that. But there are a lot of people who do get distracted... You would think get distracted by the sounds, but a lot of people need that to drown out yeah. whatever is in their mind that's distracting them. Which I get that too because sometimes when I write articles, I find that I have trouble. Like if it's a boring one too, like something I'm not really interested in. Like when I was doing a lot of freelance work, I had the problem where it would be uh, I would be assigned an article that I did not care about. I would come up with any excuse to do something else. Like I would do laundry I'd fucking start like sweeping the floor. <laughs>
1: hey, I, the house needs a new roof.
0: Yeah, man. You know what? I think I might need a trench in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just start digging a big ditch and see what happens. Might collect some rainwater. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that just doesn't that doesn't jive with me normally. Like when my, with my storytelling. But when it comes to boring articles, I can't do it. Like I do need a little bit of something. But I, still, music doesn't work for me. Like yeah. the TV's on, I can ignore it. Yeah. But usually that's in the other room. the dog's bothering me, that, that takes me out.
1: on the TV, you can have something on that you don't like, so it's easier for you it, to ignore. If you have music on, nine times out of ten, it's going to be something you like, and it's going to be hard to get your story done when you have Wu-Tang telling you that they're nothing to fuck with. Like.
0: Yeah. Well, I find that if I have like Coach on TV and Bill Fagerback is talking and talking, I could definitely drown that out. Like, I'm not paying attention to that at all. Leave the
1: poor man alone.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: If you ever make it big and he's still around, you need to, like, cut him a check or something. Or, like, if, like, one of your stories gets made into, like, a movie or show. Just you cast gotta, him? Yeah, you have to make sure he gets cast in some kind of part. I would definitely do that. The old Bill Fagerback, <laughs> The tried and true. Is that just going to be a staple of the podcast yeah, now? My,
0: my, yeah, especially because so many people. I'm going to bring Bill Fagerback back. back. You, Justin Timberlake, brought sexy back. I'm gonna bring Bill Fagger back, back.
1: That's just as good.
0: Got that Fager back, back, mm, girl. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay. As far as my actual writing process, when it comes to the story, I always come up with like a weird ending or just a random idea. It's never. I, never like a chronological thought in my head where you know it would make a cool story a guy who shoots the president but then it turns out the president was an alien like I usually don't think in specific orders it's always like the ending wouldn't that be cool if the guy shot the president and everyone's going to come after him but then it turned out he was a Russian spy or like something and it's like
1: how do I get there yeah that's
0: what I'm normally that's usually my process is the how do you get there and I try not to be a discovery writer I try to actually plot things out but it almost never works. Like my stories always end up just me writing and just seeing where I go. Like I do like to have a general outline of to keep me in, out of the woods, so to speak, keep me on the path. But when it comes to actually just staying focused and following a strict path, I can't do that either.
1: And I'm sure that there's a good chance of that changing once we uh, farther out into like, longer storytelling. Like, it's, novels and whatnot. Yeah, because, like, if you got, like, a 10,000-word story, you know, you only have yourself with so much room to get into the woods.
0: I feel like it's almost more necessary, though, for those shorter stories, just because... Like, uh, for I'm, me, I always go over.
1: Oh, uh, It probably is more necessary, but I'm just talking about your use of an outline. Right. If you're gonna write a 20-page novel, there's a good chance you're going to want like at least what I want to happen in this chapter. And then by chapter five, I want these events to occur. This person's dead in the next one.
0: Well, when I've done novel outlines, I've always set them up where I do a chapter-by-chapter synopsis, almost like what you think of, like, the writing blurb on the back of a book. Yeah. So I'll do the chapter synopsis just kind of briefly describing what I want to happen or what's happening in the chapter. And then I like to do a character art cheat. So I'll draw the character where they start in the story, their climax of the story, and where they end in the story. That way I kind of know their growth arc. Because I don't want my characters just to be the same throughout the whole story. Unless that's specific to that character, but that generally doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, those are, those are both pretty good ideas.
0: And then I also... Uh, I usually will do a general story outline in that art too, like the where it starts, the climax, and then the end, but I don't do a strict outline for that. I can I give myself more room to roam, so I could just kind of figure out what's happening when I want it to happen, but I'll just throw in any weird shit too, and then it uh, makes the writing more interesting.
1: And you can always go back and tighten it up, get rid of this, read it, and be like, Oh wait, what was I thinking? Like, it would be so much better if I did this instead. It's kind of like how we how we talked before about whenever you see read somebody else's work or watch a TV movie and you're and you're, oh, this should have done this and that. You just take that old mindset to your own writing after you you know you get it done. Just you know polish it up a little bit more.
0: Right. Well, I definitely find I take ideas a lot from different TV shows and movies and even books i've read but what i always end up doing is like when i write them it never ends up even remotely yeah. similar to the story it just has a basic thread that i can pull from which is like the twilight zone or even black mirror now are awesome for that but i feel like twilight zone's a little better just because it's older yeah the story ideas aren't gonna feel so stolen as you will because if you, if you take something from black mirror like everybody's seeing that now and if you want to change up like how they did the episode with the uh The memory things in your head where you could replay your memories. There's not really any way you're going to spin that where it's going to be original.
1: That or even if you just... I feel bad for anybody who's trying to do, like, futuristic tech stories. Because even if you come up with something that wasn't an episode of Black Mirror... It could end up in one. That or they're just going to be... If any, you know, people are just like, Oh, you're just trying to be like Black Mirror.
0: (laughs) Assholes. I always thought it would really suck ass if you worked on a story for a year like a book a year two years whatever it is and you come up with it and it's just the way you want it and then bam a fucking black mirror episode comes out that's Uh your story and that can easily happen now because there's only so many original ideas normally
1: especially with all the media that's going on now you got all these streaming services now you got uh You know Netflix. Oh, there's just too much content. DC's doing their own. Disney's doing their own.
0: You got Hulu. It's too many. Yeah. You know what I found? Uh, really weird. There is now, I guess, a genre of writing called climate fiction or climate science fiction. Pretty much like you know how like climate change, but I guess it's what happens in the future. Almost like a sci-fi, like a post-apocalyptic world kind of thing. But it's a whole genre now. I just
1: figured I would put that underneath, like... Science
0: fiction or post-apocalyptic. Yeah. But what if you're writing a story about the future where we go back in another Ice Age or something? Now that's a whole genre. So how many of those are going to turn into tropes? Everybody just does them now. Yeah. Because that's why I kind of steered away from sci-fi now because I start looking into it and everything's been done.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, other than your tech sci-fi, which is still kind of... It's still kind of like ground you can like uncover, new ground you can uncover, but as I there's spe- so much that's already been done yeah, the, just recently. The
1: only good thing about that is that they're coming up with so much stuff in the tech world now that if you, you know, up to date on that on that kind of stuff, it'd be easy to be for you to, you know, see something that might Inspire you with an idea or something.
0: When uh, they released something, I think it was around September. Or so about uh, quantum entanglement, where they, I, th- I think I believe they sent a particle from one place, like across the globe or something crazy, like to another place, and almost like a trans, like we transported it. And I was thinking, well, that makes a fucking cool story. Yeah. So I started. Uh, I almost finished it too. I started writing a story about it. It was like a ten thousand word story, short story. My twist on it was, it was a guy. And he keeps, like, reliving the same day, almost Groundhog Day style. But, like, weird things keep happening. Like, every time he comes to, like, certain things are different. Like, say he he keeps waking up in this uh, apartment of this girl, and she's not home... Every time he wakes up, like something in the apartment's different. Like my idea for it was, at the end, he was gonna end up being like either like an an not necessarily android, but something to do with he was transported in the future. They're testing the quantum entanglement theory, so they're transporting a person, and he was the guinea pig. And when he got transported, like his atoms or something, I like I didn't flesh it out yet, but he it was essentially gonna be his atoms or something got switched. They got placed wrong, so he keeps coming back, and they keep trying to regenerate him to the place he's supposed to be, but it's not right, so his brain's all scrambled. And then I um, started reading about like the new science of what they were doing, and I was like, well, now people are already working on stories like this, yeah. so how original is it going to be? It's almost like you have to come right out of the gate and write it really fast and get it published.
1: That, or you could... Do the flip side of that coin is... When it comes to stories, you might not have the most original story, but you wrote it the best. Like, the best version of that story.
0: That's another possibility, because that's happened in the past, because look how many different vampire stories there are. Yeah,
1: Or just, I mean, like, even, like, take movies, for example. How often do we have a time when there's two, mo- uh, two movies whenever the two asteroids, are, you know, are coming uh. to the planet? Like, you know what I mean? You get two of those a year, or... You know, you get all these superhero movies each year now. Or... Yeah, like
0: with the two Hercules movies at the same time. The problem is, I feel like you like in the book world, usually the first story that does it, or at least does it well, is Just... always going to be more remembered. So, yeah. for instance, I Am Legend. And there's countless vampire stories and stories based like around that premise, but everybody remembers I Am Legend. Yeah. Because I'm sure there was, uh, even during that time, there was probably a lot of copycats that came right after that. A lot of it is uh, genre fiction, where you'll get the horror stories and stuff, and that's how they become tropes. But at the same time, you can only reinvent the wheel so many times. And when you copy, like say an I Am Legend, are you going to do it better? Because (laughs) it was so well done to begin with?
1: So maybe instead of focusing on remaking the wheel, you just focus on putting a new spoke in the wheel. Could
0: do that. They just... different,
1: Like, um. okay, on your I Am legends thing and the whole vampires, where you get, like, 30 days a night, where, like, its little thing is it's vampires in Alaska where the sun doesn't come out for a month.
0: See, that's an original way of doing yeah,
1: it. Yeah, you still have that, that horror genre that you're working on, but you put your... You know, you're not completely reinventing the world. You're just adding on to... What's already been yeah. built. And then you get, like, Twilight that just burns it all down.
0: <laughs> burns it to mm-hmm. the fucking ground. And then shits on the grave.
1: It does worse than shit on the grave. It digs, like, after it's been burned and dead and gets buried, they fucking dig a hole up, take a shit in the hole, and then bury it up. So, like, when it rains and stuff, Man. it just fucking just oozes into it uh, and is always with it.
0: They bury the shit and it oozes onto the corpse of the vampire franchise. Yes, yes. That sucks. I had a really good point, and I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't you. I forgot it before you even started speaking. All right, so circling back around to the actual discussion here, like the different times of day you write also vary person to person. For instance, when uh, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Stephen Kotler, he was the one who was talking all about the flow states and getting into that creative mind frame where you get in the zone pretty much. Well, he was discussing... Like, his writing process, and what he ended up doing was he wakes up at, like, four in the morning or even earlier sometimes, which the theory is good, and I've tried it, it does not work for me because I just, my brain doesn't work, but he likes to start writing before he's actually awake, like, really awake because his brain is still in that creative dream state, which is a cool idea. Well, to it's
1: also th- nice because I'm sure he doesn't have to get up, do some writing, and then go to work.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he has a job or not other than writing, but... He was discussing how, like, when he does that, like, he gets up and it's before his analytical brain comes in and starts correcting things and, like, he could just write and be free, which is cool. What he likes to do also is write when it's really quiet because there's nobody up at four in the morning, like yeah. his family or whoever. He gets kind of that peace of mind, and that would work for me if I was functional that early. yeah. Like, I feel like when I – because I've tried it. I've had a little bit of success, but I can't get up early enough where I'm going to get in the groove. Like, I'm not getting up at 4 in the morning and start writing. But, again, that has to do with your day job and different things like that. So if you work a 9 to 5 even, like, good luck waking up that early and then wanting to really get some – like, if you can, more power to you.
1: Especially if you got a commute or anything that you have to do. There's a lot
0: of factors in. But like I, like you were saying earlier, or maybe I was saying – like a lot of people like to write in the evening, like me. I like to write after work, even though I'm tired. I feel like my brain's already at its maximum level well, of efficiency. You
1: figure, you figure that's almost kind of like if you're writing when you're on the tired side, you got to be very close to writing when you just got up. You figure your brain has to be pretty close yeah. to the same. Like, all right, I really don't care right now. And but let's you just know see what? What happens?
0: I will say that I've had that backfire with me with the evening writing because there's times where I get home from work and I'm so tired oh, yeah. that I'll sit down to write and I'm looking it really, at a fucking... Even with my with my routine in place, normally I can go right into writing. Sometimes I just can't. I yeah, just look oh, at that yeah. blank screen and it's the worst fucking feeling. And it's not because I can't come up with ideas. It's just because I don't want to do it.
1: I mean, there's been times I've literally been sitting there I'm like, all right, let's go, let's write. And next thing I realize like... I'm getting off the couch, at some point I fucking, I laid down and covered myself up with like a blanket <laughs> that I don't even remember doing, like, well, ha- I thought I was...
0: Hands in uh, your pants, Al yeah, Bundy style, yeah, you're half asleep.
1: I thought I was writing something, and I looked and I get like a couple words on the page and it's just like, I just must have just you don't know out.
0: You don't know how many times I've had something that was due and I'm just, I look at the screen and it's literally just like random letters because i just started hitting letters or held in the b button for, or the b key for 30 seconds she's so like oh or how many times i wrote a sentence deleted it wrote it deleted it or shuff, the worst two for me shuffling through ideas when i'm in that state so i'm like what would be a good story like a good flash fiction story for friday i'll sit there for a second and be like Ooh, I know. How about a robber who goes... No, that's trash. Okay. How about an alien? No, I don't... That's stupid. That's I don't off. feel like doing aliens right now. And I'll do that 50 times, and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to bed." Spencer <laughs> to write a flash fiction article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, what about you? How many... Do you have that problem with uh, just getting too tired to write after, like, uh, say, work or something? Because you said you don't really have a set writing schedule.
1: Oh, yeah. All, all, all the time. Like, the tiredness is is the main adversary and it's not even most of the time like a physical tired just that I think, mental I exhaustion i think if it was a physical tired i think i'd be able to handle it a little bit better but my mind literally feels like it's just dripping out of my ears like after most nights at work and it's like how did i even survive today Without going to jail.
0: Now, do you think it would help you if you had a strict writing schedule? Now, I know your work schedule yeah. kind of sucks because it varies, which that that's really tricky, and that's mm. a reality of a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I'm lucky, and I work 8 to 4 every day, so I can have that strict after-work writing schedule, and it doesn't vary, and then on the, and I'm off on every weekend. Like And I find, funny enough, on the weekends I have the most trouble writing because even though I'm off, like for some reason i just can't sit down and then i think it's because that routine gets broken yeah like do you think it would benefit you if you were able to really set to a strict writing schedule like say after work every day at this time you're gonna sit down and write
1: definitely like and i even went to the point of like i told you i got i got myself a pretty like decent like day planner and i just haven't been able to like because what uh, what I wanted to do be go through, like, all right, this day I work five to, two, five to two, the next day I'm off. The day after that, I'm, like, one to ten, and be like, all right, on this day I'll do some writing after work. On my day off, I'll try to get some work done during the, these times. On the day that I work late, I try to get, like, maybe, like, some flash fiction done right before work or something like that. But, like, I just haven't been able to get be able to make myself to commit to doing that on any kind of regular basis
0: well I feel like like when I worked various hours especially like when I had my previous job I would work just any weird shift and all kind like you never got to pick your shifts at that job so I would work various hours and I would never be able to stick to a strict writing schedule like that was when I wasn't really writing I always wanted to write and I wrote before that when I was younger but I just like I couldn't stick to it like I would start something and then I put off for months yeah. and months and then it would just die and I would do that all the time because my I didn't have that routine honestly if I still work those kind of hours I don't know if I, I would be where I am now like writing wise yeah like I don't know if I'd be if I would have that discipline to like how you said you have to schedule it after work this day before work this day oh I have a day off just random days throughout the week I don't know if I'd have the discipline to really get that to function. Like I think I would kind of like I did before have too many stop starts. Because even like years ago we kept starting like different comic projects and we would really get into them and like for a while we kind of had a little bit of a schedule going and things were coming into place and then something like normally it was like the holidays happen and that just fucked everything up. And then our routine was broken and we were done. Like we just couldn't get back to it. And I feel like a lot of writers have that problem where they get into a semi-routine and then it gets broken and they're just fucked. And they give up. And that really sucks. And like you said about bringing up the day planner, because you were making fun of me about my diary Yeah. as I'm doing my quotation fingers. I got a Zen journal and I brought it with me on our last press event. Every morning I write in it like, my goals for the day and my task for the day.
1: Which is a good idea to do.
0: Dude, that, honestly, not to sound like one of those new-age fucking hippies, but that has changed my life because I've been working so much more because of that and more efficiently.
1: And, like, that was, like, kind of what something I wanted to do with the day planner, too, is, you know, not only the writing, but also other things that I had planned to, like, if it's work on a story, then work on an outline or even, you know... Watch this episode of this thing to give me a break for a minute and then just to go, plan out yeah. your day
0: better. See, like, because I got the Zen Journal because it had the week, like, it had the day planner, the weekly planner, and the monthly planner. Honestly, I don't even plan, like, I plan on every day, but, like, the week has, like, a little calendar. And with the little calendar, you can, which is what I was doing before, I was using my Google calendar just to schedule every day what times I was going to do things and stuff. And that didn't quite work out for me. Like I'm I'm still not the type of person where I could schedule thing by specific time. Like if I say, okay, I'm gonna sit down and write at six, yeah. seven o'clock, I'm gonna go to the gym, at eight o'clock I'm gonna come back and make dinner. That doesn't work for me. I need a little wiggle room. So I skipped that part in the Zen journal and I just go like the goals, the task. And that thing like why it's a Zen journal is because you write what you're grateful for and things that make you happy and things like that. And I feel like that kind of, I, I don't really care about that so much. Yeah. So once I finish this, I'm probably just going to get, like, a leather journal and just do the goals. Because that's mainly what I got it for. And that has been working phenomenally. Anyway, let's uh, get back to writing processes here. I found something. I found this a while ago. I thought it was quite hilarious and I wanted to share it. It was Hunter S. Thompson's daily writing schedule. He
1: did he do a shit ton of drugs? and He I did. Guess-
0: All of the drugs. Yeah, like, every day. Every day. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, he ends up writing, so that's why I say it's his writing process. I don't know if this, if he had to do this every day to write, but here's Hunter S. Thompson's daily routine.
1: I figured somebody, like, followed him around for for a day (laughs) when he was still alive. I can't remember who it was, but go go for it. This is hilarious.
0: Okay. 3 p.m. Rise. So he wakes up. 3.05 3.05 p.m., five minutes later, <laughs> Shavaz Regal with the morning paper's Dunhills. I'm assuming Dunhills are cigarettes or something. I don't uh, know yeah, if there's I think a, so, yeah. But I, Shavaz Regal's whiskey. Yeah. So five minutes after he wakes up, he's drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes and reading the paper.
1: It's like 3 o'clock, it's almost time to drink.
0: 3.45 p.m., 40 minutes later after that, cocaine. It just says cocaine. Cocaine? Does his first line of coke. I'm assuming against line. 3.50. Five minutes later, after the cocaine, another glass of Chavaz and more Dunhill. Dunhill, sorry. 4.05, first cup of coffee. Normally people drink the coffee in the mor- like when they first wake up. Yeah. No, he goes for the whiskey.
1: And, and the cocaine.
0: Yeah. So 4.05, first cup of coffee, and then another Dunhill. 4.15, more cocaine. Now here's where he goes a little healthy. He, he
1: hasn't even been up for two hours yet.
0: <laughs> right. And he's done 100% more cocaine than I've ever had in his first 10 minutes of being awake. That's a weird time. So 4.15, he does cocaine. At 4.16, one minute later, he does orange juice and another Dunhill. So is he just smoking nonstop? Yes, yes. 4.30, can you guess? Cocaine? Cocaine. What about 4.54? More cocaine? (laughs) More cocaine. But what about 5.05? Cocaine? (laughs) That's three cocaines in a row. So pretty much 4.30 to 5.05, he's just doing cocaine. (laughs) 5.11, coffee, Dunhill's. 5.30, more ice in the Shavaz. So was he sipping that the whole time, or he just...
1: Maybe he just has a big glass.
0: By the way, I'm not a huge fan of Shavaz.
1: I can't say that I've had it. it.
0: Uh, You might have tried it from over here sometime. I mean,
1: yeah, that's a possibility.
0: It's in the back of my... Cabinet. I'm not a huge fan. Then again, I only I, don't, I got it for Christmas, so I don't know which one I got. I don't even remember. I'm sure they have better ones yeah. than whatever I got. It was like a gift set one. Five forty five. Cocaine, etcetera, etcetera. Is <laughs> it just it's cocaine, cocaine, cocaine? Six PM. So he's been up for three hours now.
1: So much cocaine.
0: After all that cocaine and orange juice, he uh has some grass to take the edge off the day. <laughs>
1: Seems about right. He hasn't ate yet.
0: <laughs> well wait, 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 wait. Seven oh five. So four hours later. Wood I don't know what he does from the hour for six to seven, but seven oh five, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch, Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, I like how they throw that in there. <laughs> Another Heineken, cocaine. <laughs> And for the ride home, a snow cone, which apparently is a glass of shredded ice over which is poured three or four jiggers of chavaz. <laughs> so he, he has a whiskey snow cone. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. I might would, have to
0: try that. You
1: think it would melt that, the ice, though. You think it would cone? be fucking
0: disgusting. <laughs> a whiskey snow cone. Also, he had four drinks during his lunch, not counting the Chivas. By the way, 705 lunch. And he's
1: doing the driving.
0: I don't know if he's doing the driving in this situation, but most likely any other time, yeah. yes. Nine PM. Start snorting Oh my god. Nine PM. Start snorting cocaine seriously. Seriously. <laughs> what the fuck was he doing that whole time? He did like fifty was, lines of cocaine already. He was
1: just fucking around. That's his you know, that's his warm up coke. <laughs> that that that's <laughs> That's, like, his stuff that's, like, mixed with, like, <laughs> baby laxative and stuff. Oh, my God. This is a straight hardcore, like.
0: The thought of him, the thought of the serious cocaine <laughs> use literally made me inhale whiskey up my nostril on accident. How the fuck do you do, like, I don't even know how many lines that was, and now you're starting seriously. So, is that at least three in a row, like, just snort <sighs> Okay, anyway, after he starts snorting cocaine seriously, because he was just warming up before, <laughs> 10 p.m., he drops acid. So now he's just having a fucking, a wild night. No wonder why, if you watch his later interviews, that man was out there.
1: He's having his own personal rave.
0: Lord. 11 p.m., chartreuse, cocaine, and grass. So now he's classing it up a little yes, bit. yes. 11.30, cocaine, etc., etc., I would like to know what goes with the cocaine. Is it cocaine mixed like with something else? Is he doing PCP? Or is it just it's a mystery? He goes in the other room for a while. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, code for beating it. Maybe. <laughs> Can you beat it if you're on that many drugs? I don't know with all that
1: coke, I think.
0: I think your heart would explode. <laughs> 12, midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. So that's his daily routine before he gets to writing. Now here's his writing routine at midnight. So needless to say, he likes to be up early, early in the morning to write. 12.05 to 6 a.m. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass, chavaz, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, switching it up, yeah. grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin, continuous pornographic movies. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. So while he's writing, he just has a continuous loop of pornos Probably shitty 80s bush pornos on TV or whatever nearby. Yeah. So how we talked about some people need the TV on just as a sound to drone out. He likes the sound of people making love violently.
1: I'm I'm sure that's what they're doing on those tapes.
0: They're making sweet, passionate whoopee, as they used to say back in the day. 6 p.m. Or 6 a.m., sorry. Because 6 a.m., the hot tub champagne... What is... Does he sit in a hot tub, I guess, and 6 in the morning and drink champagne? That's what I assume. That's what I would,
1: Yeah.
0: So the hot tub champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. I guess that's his dinner. 8 a.m. I'm not sure what this is. Halion? Halion? Mm. Maybe that's like a sleeping pill or something? Or student.
1: You think he would just be ready to uh, collapse at that point?
0: Well, at 8.20 he goes to sleep. So he sleeps from 8... In the morning. To
1: three in the evening.
0: And then he does a lot of cocaine throughout the day.
1: And how mo- how much time was actually spent writing?
0: Well, it, Noon said to- tw- it said 12 to 6. Midnight 12, to okay. 6. Midnight to 6 he wrote. But again, how much writing he had done? Because it's a giant paragraph of just random drugs, alcohol, and pornographic images that are also flowing at the same time. I feel like when I get... Like, if I have one or two drinks, I can write effectively, but if I have more than that, my writing goes to shit. Yeah. I don't know what it would be like doing a lot of cocaine, but I don't think the writing would be good.
1: You'd probably get a lot of it done. It's just the quality of that.
0: Well, I know a lot of people take uh, Adderall, Yeah. and apparently yeah. that's supposed to really get you set in writing but and all that But that's like meth. Pretty much. I wouldn't want to do that. I'd I'd be scared my heart would explode or something. That frightens me, the amount of cocaine that man did in a day. He must have got a lot of money for his work. Yeah, like... I've never read any of his books, so... I really do want to read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But, uh, I seen the movie. It was fucking wild.
1: Apparently, he, um... I remember hearing in a podcast... He, like... For this politician, like, he wrote, like, a fake scandal... For pot and made it so he lost the election Oh. Uh, just because he came up with some fake shit and everybody kept on asking him about it and it just like tanked <laughs> just tanked his campaign
0: I know he hung out the Hells Angels for a while too just because he I guess he was writing something for him and he got to, he saw a lot of fucked up shit and was fighting with him at some point
1: well at least we know where he got the cocaine from now
0: anyway we've been doing this for like an hour so we should probably wrap this up but to wrap this up I'm going to give some sage advice from Hunter S. Thompson. If you really, really want to write well, and you want to get in that writing zone, you must do a shitload of cocaine. Seriously. Seriously. Like
1: a the coke must be serious.
0: If it's not serious, what are you even doing writing? If you're not hammered drunk in the first ten minutes of waking up, why are you even writing? I don't know. Maybe that'll be a podcast for another day. Anyway... Keep writing, and we'll keep reading things about people doing cocaine. Yeah. See you later. See you.